happy holidays. Uh, happy Hi. holiday. Hi. Happy holiday, Andrew. How are you? I'm well, Samuel. How are you? I'm 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 fantastic. It's a beautiful snowless day <laughs> on on in Chicago. We got <laughs> we got lights. We got no one on the streets because it's COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, I spend a lot of time inside watching movies and. Andy, I don't know what is in a movie and what is anymore. That's the thing this year. We might discuss it next week when we do our uh, year-end type show. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's quite it's quite hard to know what a film is and what isn't with all your small axes and your Netflixes and your uh, various streaming platforms. I don't know why we're going to become two regular guys on this show, but well, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very confused too. Uh, uh, now you're from Wisconsin. What's going on? Oh no! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Film Mary Kill. Yes, this is a show in which me and Sam, two two idiot friends who enjoy movies, <laughs> talk about the movies we've watched. And force each other to play a game of fuck, Mary kill with it. So shall we get started? Yeah. I know it's been a while since we recorded. Um, yeah, we, we've had a couple, I've had a, a couple of problems with my internet. So it's been slow going. Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, that's okay. I, I, I forgive you. And therefore the listener should forgive you too. Um, I, I, I welcome myself for open criticism. Send that criticism to filmmarykill at protonmail.com. And let's, <laughs> Sam, so the last time we recorded, I believe it was the, uh, the well, last time we, well, the, we recorded between then with our, our sure to be classic blind spot episode. <laughs> but the last time we did like a, a film, Mary kill type thing, uh, it was the ninth. So yep. from the 10th on, tell me all the movies you watched. You've watched a lot of movies. Yeah, I, let's just go straight for it. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen Christmas Catch, the Netflix Christmas movie. Uh, Queen and Slim. Uh, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Mm-hmm. The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Uh, <laughs> Aliens by James Cameron. Uh, mm-hmm. The Other Side of the Wind. They Will Love Me When I'm Dead. The documentary about The Other Side of the Wind. Classy. Mank. Uh, White God, the Hungarian film, I believe. Uh, the House with a Clock in Its Walls. You actually watched it. <laughs> I got bored enough. Uh, Christmas Evil, the mm-hmm. pro- the very first to everyone, to what I understand, the first Killer Santa Claus movie. Mm. Um, the Assistant, mm-hmm. the new drama on Hulu, uh, directed by Kitty Green. Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. <laughs> nice. That was that was a, a fun, delightful thing. Uh, his house, the documentary. No, not the documentary. <laughs> his house, the refugee horror movie. Uh huh. Um, David Burns' American Utopia. Mm, okay. She dies tomorrow. Alfie, starring uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Uh, Michael Kite. Uh, that was fun to just watch that and have that accent going through the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swiss Miss, the Laurel Hardy, um, the Laurel and Hardy 
comedy? Uh, <laughs> the Sitter, starring Jonah Hill from mid-90s. Uh, Atomic Blonde and Treeless Mountain. Oh, wow. You What a range. What a number of films, too. I'm very impressed. And um, I'll be honest, I, I have to reconfigure what I was planning to make you uh, fuck, Mary kill this episode. But... Well, while I reconsider that, let me also read the wide number of films, specials, and shorts that I watched since uh, the 10th of December. There was The Secret of Roan Inish. There was uh, Parquet Courts on Time, a kind of concert film documentary they live streamed for their 10th anniversary. Uh, the, uh, I finished the five-part series City So Real by Steve James. Then I watched The World According to Garp. I watched Candyman. I watched uh, the fourth part of the Small Axe series, Alex Weedle. I watched a Looney Tunes short called Porky and Gabby. Um, I watched Sound of Metal, uh, Spell, a 2020 horror film starring Loretta Devine. I can't believe this is loggable, but I logged it because it is. Uh, the one minute... Uh, intro to the uh, sitcom within a sitcom in Bojack Horseman called Horsin' Around. They just have Love that like... theme song. Love that show. Uh... <laughs> yep. So I, I, it was mainly because I was looking for the Bojack Horseman Christmas special, which I hadn't <laughs> seen for some reason, and then saw that Horsin' Around was both available on Netflix and loggable. So that's that's why it's there. Uh, then I watched Wolf Walkers, uh, the new. Uh, animated film that's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, I kept up the animation kick with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original 66 TV special. Then we did The Nightmare Before Christmas, me and my fiance. I watched the fifth and final part of Small Axe on the 18th called Education. Uh, then we watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer TV special. Watched Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on the weekend i watched yesterday i watched uh another animated short on disney plus a, an old mickey mouse cartoon from my youth that i remember watching called on ice and just today i watched a, an animated short film on netflix called if anything happens i love you oh yeah and that's how i feel about you sam if anything happens i love you if anything happens andy uh you were great <laughs> okay thank thank you um listen let's get to let's get to the coin flip to determine who goes first who gives or receives I'm sharing my screen now so you can see there's no shenanigans heads or uh, wait, i didn't even make you call oh. it tails. <laughs> heads or tails sam uh tails all right it is tails you've mm. won it's a it's a holiday show miracle he says yay thank you I feel so blessed. Um, all right, Andy, I would, uh, if you could pick me, if you could pick the ones for me first. Okay, I, I'm excited to do this. Um, I, I'm making the aim to not torture you with movies you don't like, um, but instead I'm gonna have to make you split hairs between movies, you, uh, at least based on your ratings, you seem to like a lot and that I also like. Uh, Sam. For your Fuck, Mary Kill, I mm -hmm. want you to talk about his house. Okay. The Assistant and Aliens. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, this will be fun. Um, I've seen all three, 
So I'm very excited to possibly argue with you. <laughs> okay. Well, let's... Okay, I don't think there will be much arguing here. This will probably be a pretty straightforward episode as much as <laughs> it seems to pain me. Uh, <laughs> I know what you did and I, and I appreciate your trap. And uh, how dare you? And I will, I'll, I will, your punishment will be severe. Anyway, <laughs> Thank uh, you for that Cats DVD again, or Blu-ray. <laughs> so, Andy, uh, for the fuck part. Yes. I, I'm going to pick aliens. I'm going to pick aliens. Oh, uh, gonna... okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, aliens. Uh, the James Cameron, mm-hmm. uh, eight, 1986 uh, sci-fi classic. It's, I, I mentioned it had a preeminent spot on my last week's episode, the yeah. blind spot episode. It was one of those films I was waiting to see. Now, and... I imagine you didn't go to a theater to see it. No, I did not break quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> go into a theater that hopefully had it and then try to jerry-rig an entire system to my design to see it. Right. Um, but I did see it on a DVD on my computer screen. And it, uh, boy, oh, howdy, am I glad I did not wait. Uh, oh, good. It is, it is very good, but also uh, I, I'm glad I didn't wait because I would have been uh, maybe unimpressed. Uh, I would have been mad uh, if I waited a little bit. Uh, hmm. it's definitely there are some uh, there's some production values that have clearly not set the test of time but everything else about the film is very good uh, I, I love the costume design by I think it's 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 uh, Geiger if I'm correct is that HR Geiger did the uh, alien design right did the yeah. alien design that's what I believe uh, and yes <laughs> I that, that's what I believe and uh, <laughs> it's a it's a religion now yes a life, a simple, live a simple life and believe that that's the right one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Geiger, yeah, it's, a, I mean, James, it's everything you've heard about. It's very thrilling. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, exciting. Uh, it, it whole, the, the one thing they don't talk about, and this was a surprise to me throughout the entire run of it, is the sound design is amazing. It's hmm. so effective. That kind of, there's one thing to hear like the lines every once in a while, but then there's another thing of like saying down like the the doors close or like the sound of like the the aliens crawling on the ground mm. or like just the pitter patter like the pin drop needle of uh, silence when you're walking around when they're just walking around the medical bay. It is so engrossing that that was kind of the the that's one thing I was really happy to see that did that was still effective. It was, it's still really good. And nice. I, James Cameron, uh, you have my respects. Uh, I will probably still wait to see Terminator 2 Salvation Day because I've heard <laughs> that the uh, the effects in that get really bonkers. And uh, I also want to see um, Arnold's face melt on the big screen. What a, what a true sentence that is. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. When you say when you say some things have dated, I'm trying to think of what. And is it possible that like I know there's some like back matting effects that are kind of kind of clear to see now. Like, oh no, re-, like when the when the spaceship plane crashes that's supposed to rescue them, it's clear that they're like ducking in front of a screen. I'm a little 
giving up that kind of stuff. Like the thing that I'm always, the thing that was curious about me was like, the thing that's still like to this day, like I looked at it, I was like, how did they get this past anyone? Was the, <laughs> was the, the clear cardboard metal doors uh, <laughs> were just like, clearly two guys are behind the wall and they're just like pulling the rope really quickly to open that door up and then pulling it real back to close it back up. Uh, I've seen this movie so many times and I don't, and I honestly did not notice that or never thought of the doors being like, clearly there's someone back there going, whoosh. <laughs> they were, James Cameron made sure they were making the noise too. Like they decided like, whoosh. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a, it's definitely hold the test of time. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's performance is still magnificent. Uh, she, I, I was kind of like, the through line is still very good uh, of like the, the parent, the like the mm -hmm. themes of parenting and like, yeah. And everything like that. Uh, it's fair. It's very fun. Um, uh, that's why I'm going to fuck it. Good. Good for you. I, I would have married it of these three. So I'm curious to see what you're going to pick uh, for mm. marriage. Okay. I am also curious of what I'm going to pick for marriage. Because <laughs> there's two of these films. There's one film that is very, very good. And there's another film that worked really, really well. Uh, <laughs> one was um, very good. One worked really well. There's a, there's a there, distinction <laughs> between those two. I mean, there there is one that uh, I mean, I'm I'm I am stalling for time. If you are, because <laughs> it's a very <laughs> there's one I don't want to marry just out of principle. I okay, I think and I know I where think we're you going. know it is. Uh, but I'm gonna do this one. Uh, I'm gonna do his house. I'm gonna marry that. The horror film. Uh, mm -hmm. nineteen. Uh, the this year that came out, it was about uh British refugees. Mm -hmm. like starting a new life in, in England, London, and they stumble into a house. Uh, that, I mean, they're, they're given house by the, the asylum act. It's something in Britain. I guess I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, they're, they're Sudanese yeah. refugees. They've come. Okay. From Sudanese refugees. Um, and through the government, they, uh, rape, successfully applied for asylum and are given this, uh, this kind of cheap, dingy looking uh, house yeah. uh, to live in. Um, and, but this house, uh, there's more, there's more to meets the eye with this house. With, <laughs> yes, this house has secrets. Uh, <laughs> or then the house with a clock in the walls. Oh man. I'm Do just wish really... I picked that? <laughs> that would have no, been... no, I just, I, I, gosh, I just really can't wait to not talk about the assistant. Uh, <laughs> but his house is a, a very effective horror movie i really thought it it had a lot to say about the refugee experience mm -hmm. and the the and and, and the, the troubles of starting a new life mm -hmm. and also the the desire and the the trauma of your past life and trying to find a happy balance of being a be, being adapting into a new world but also remembering and keeping the memory of your culture alive yeah uh, it, it i i i understand if people think that this is a movie that is very on the nose 
it is very on the nose, but I, I found all the on movie. the nose. I mean, it's a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, there are some movies that are less obscure about their message, uh, but this is yeah, true. It's it's really right on. It's it's really wearing its heart on its sleeve. And I thought a lot. I think the last sequence is mm. so got me got my heartstrings tugged so well that I was like a little. I was a little emotional at the end. Um, yeah. But Andy, I know you watched this movie earlier, and you had what did you think of it? Uh, you had a lower I, rating than me. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think it's um, it is a really well made horror film that does touch on a lot of interesting themes about you know adaptation and uh, being kind of strangers in a strange land. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 scary in some like kind of mundane ways. Like there's a scene where. Yeah uh our, our female lead whose whose name escapes me um is trying to like go to the store but can't like but keeps like getting turned around and is like in a weird maze of um of of fences and pathways and just it's like like being in a kind of nightmare and then the people she's who she asks for help don't really help her and they're kind of xenophobic to her yeah it's um it it's it's a it's an uncomfortable movie. I only just kind of like rated it probably slightly lower because I I think it kind of I wasn't quite on its wavelength in the beginning. I think it kind of moved a bit slow, but then kind of picked up as it went on and it became kind of clear what it was saying and how it was saying it. I think it's mm-hmm. due I think it's due for a second watch and something I I might find more to appreciate on a second watch. I would, uh, in this three, I would probably kill this one while feeling really bad about it because it is pretty, it is pretty cool. And I think it's a good, it's that guy's debut film, the director uh, debut film. So I- It's, I think it's Rame Weekus. I apologize if this Remy pronunciation is yeah, yeah. incorrect. Um, I think, uh, I think there's a, there's some talent there and I would love to see this, the uh, a continued career. And I feel bad that I would kill it out of those three. I just like the other two more. Although I'm sure I could reorder it now that I think about it to perhaps kill the film I've seen a bajillion times just out of mercy for, you know, two newer films, two newer filmmakers who aren't straight white men. Um, I, <laughs> I apologize I, my, to, all, to all, all of that. Um, so I guess uh, this means you're going to kill the assistant. I am. I am going to kill the assistant. Fun fact, it's the, the last new, movie I saw in the theater. Uh, thriller? I guess <laughs> is probably the best way to say it. Best, that's the new thriller from Kitty Green, the uh, director of casting John Bonet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, quote unquote a Harvey Weinstein movie. It's it's about mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein. Uh, they make It's a very thinly veiled uh <laughs> film about the experience uh it's uh it is through the perspective of a personal assistant of a harvey weinstein-esque mm-hmm. producer it, mm-hmm. it's a very good movie i want to say this right now it's a very good movie it is just by its own i own uh premise though extremely gross mm-hmm. it is uh they the, it is done very tastefully very restrained uh, but it's all the implications of what we're not seeing that make it truly horrifying. Um, and, right. and I, I hate to bring up like the primer of like, if you're not familiar with Harvey Weinstein, you might not get it, but it, it, it also is like, 
it, it does a lot of work in trying to make the central theme of it. It does a lot of work to make like a, to make sure you don't have to be aware of those crimes or be aware of the, the terrible work. Like it, it's very, it has all the context for itself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, I'm also hound up on a lot of like just how much I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I, it's, it's one of those movies that's very effective and very good, but it's also, I don't want to rewatch it anytime soon. This like, is it. This is why, this is why I was wondering like why you would kill, kill this movie, which I would, I was going to put, you know, by my knee jerk was that I would fuck the assistant. Uh, which also sounds terrible. Um, yeah, I, that's you're not gonna catch me saying that again. <laughs> um, uh, marry aliens because I've seen that movie so much and kill his house. I'm realizing all in all that is a very problematic phrase and even ordering of that movies. Maybe I should just like you know, fuck his house, marry the assistant, and then <laughs> get rid of uh, aliens just out of mercy on that. Um, it sounds like yeah that of those three movies, two of those um are more genre pieces and yes. you'd be more wanting to rewatch those for fun or uh, analysis whereas the assistant um while without being like super explicit in any kind yes. of way is very harrowing <laughs> in, yes, the cumul- it, it, in the overall experience all three of these movies can be classified as a horror uh mm-hmm. the assistant though is truly the most horrifying thing out of the bunch um <laughs> That's a that's fair. That's uh, it. In and it, I think it's so. The thing that's really uh, horrifying though is like how clinical everything is, and how how mundane everything is. Yeah. yeah. Like like just like the the a single line can like tear th- like. Oh man, I'm just I constantly go back to that elevator scene. Mm-hmm. where like the very end of the day and the, the uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the assistant uh the the assistant is leaving the office with two two uh, employees of the company her boss is in her in his office with a young woman mm-hmm. and we there's no implication that we there's no implication that something's happening but we there just by the everything that we've seen before that something might happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's one line that just says, like, I think it's an actress who says, uh, don't worry, he will get she'll get something more out of it than he will. And that was just like yeah. like it's just tossed off like, oh, don't forget about bagels. Like the fact that the the value of human life in a in an industry like the in the industry that they've created is mm. tossed away and so so mundanely and so bored almost that it's it was really brutal and yep. I, I think the assistant is one of the more but uh and that's kind of why i'm killing it but also you should see it like yeah it's very all, good these are all these are all movies these here. are all four star movies these are all very good movies I would recommend them in a heartbeat, but uh, the assistant, you you might want to be might want to do your homework about it. I have been real impressed with I 
that movie is uh, among my favorites of the year uh, that I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also been really impressed with, I kind of took a, the occasion to watch Kitty Green's other movies. I've seen almost all her movies. There's just this like one short film that's on a streaming service that I don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I watched uh, the casting Jean Benet documentary she, that came out on Netflix and that that was fascinating and wonderful um and then there's uh on like i think tubi or one of those streaming services that is all ad supported mm-hmm. she had another documentary called uh, ukraine is not a brothel which focuses on this um this feminist group that protests topless um to you know protest uh for feminist causes in the ukraine mm-hmm. um but in do but in looking at them also exposes a kind of there's a kind of toxic uh, element to their protests and like the people who are behind it as well. It's not like anti-feminist by any stretch, but it, it's very complicated and, and very interesting about like who gets the right to make these kind of protests and what, kind, and what, is, what is more effective in, this, uh, in, in that arena. It's so anyway, Kitty Green is uh, someone I'm looking forward to watching more of just based on her first three full-length films alone so yeah and aliens is aliens you can't go wrong with aliens aliens is aliens man james cameron knows how to make people enjoy the movies again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right sam i believe is now my turn what are you going to make me fuck mary kill all right andy uh i wasn't sure if i saw that you on your letterbox you had the entire small axe series on this mm, that you yes. yeah you you logged and i didn't want to be mean and have you pick the entire small act series uh compared with other two movies so i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna throw that's not fair to the off. other two movies that's for sure yeah that would be i mean depends on the movies uh but i'm gonna toss you a good one here uh andy i want you to pick between how the grinch stole christmas oh boy the King of Comedy. Oh boy! And Education, the the small axe movie. I have no notes. Oh I, man! The one I know the least about. Oh god! Oh, that's so. Oh, that that hurts because those are all amazing. Um, that's the game. <laughs> between How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original special, The King of Comedy, and Martin Scorsese's '80s masterpiece, and education well uh you know that is tough and i'm definitely going to upset somebody with uh, with this pick but i'm going to f- i'm gonna f- see what's funny is i i'm I, I feel like i know the answer to based on my own star rating um, but I also kind of just like, mm, I don't know the, I don't know the rules of our game <laughs> as much as I think I do. It's like, if I killed this, does that mean it's gone, gone? And can I like still watch the others in a sort of series? Or if I kill that, does that mean that all the other here's okay. Here's how I'm making up <laughs> rules as I go along. And I love this. I love, I love your improv skills to the test right now. This, uh, this, you may <laughs> argue, you may argue with this. You may, if you have any arguments, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Phil Mary kill and at Sam underscore Lounsbury. Um, right. No, it's Sam Lounsbury. 
Sam, yeah, Sam Lounsbury on Twitter. Yep. Uh, yep. Sam underscore Lounsbury on Letterboxd. Yes, yes. There. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm at Connect Android on Letterboxd. So here's here's how I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna fuck education. Um, I'm gonna yeah. probably talk more about uh, small acts next week. Here's what I was thinking for next week uh after christmas we'll try mm-hmm. to get one more recording in before the end of 2020 and i would like us to like make make some lists to go through like maybe our top 10 lists of the year um and now is this are these movies that we've seen in 2020 or are these 2020 films what a great idea because i definitely make more than one list and because i've seen so much this year I, I will make a list of 2020 films and then also make a list of non-2020 films. I might also make a third list because um, I'm being cheeky of uh, 2019 films that came out in 2020, quote unquote, but are listed as 2019 because yeah. they premiered at festivals. Like The Assistant is yes. a 2019 film in uh, Letterboxd lore. Uh, First Cow is a 2019 film according to Letterboxd, even though most people didn't see it until 2020. Technically, Portrait of a Lady on Fire then is also a 2020 film, <laughs> even though it was on a bunch of fucking people's lists last year. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, I'm just gonna. All this is to say that we we'll, we should make our a list, uh, and then try to play some fuck Mary kill based on those lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, the small axe entirety thing. I'm just gonna count as one whole thing and probably put it on my list at the end of the year. I thought it was really powerful and really interesting. Um, Education is the fifth and final part of this series that focuses on stories of the joy and struggle of the West Indies and Caribbean community uh, living in the UK in the 60s and 80s. Um, This one is uh, focuses on a, a boy about 12 years old, I believe, who gets in trouble at school and and because of getting in trouble at school and maybe not being at the same speed academically, he is sent to a quote special school um, where they don't really teach him anything. Oh. And it becomes a battle and a show about how this unequal, uh, unequal treatment in education is just another sign of systematic racism and holding holding immigrant community back communities back. Um, it's very it's it's very like all this all the parts of this film series very well shot, very well directed, wonderful performances in there too. Some really good music moments, although I don't want to spoil entirely what the music moments is. There's it it focuses a lot on like reggae music. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, the music of that community and uh, especially the, the one that I think a lot of people are calling the best, Lover's Rock. Um, there's I, a lot of good, there's a lot of great needle drops, a lot of great just like scenes involving people singing. And there's one in education that is just a, uh, in a class of its own. And I don't want to say anything more than that, but hope you see it and then we can talk about it later. Um, so I'm keeping keeping small acts for uh or at least that film in the in the fornication pile okay <laughs> I hope that it means like well then there's there's the other four parts um yeah. i'm marrying i'm marrying the king of comedy um <laughs> man i i recently watched that again and it's it it's it's it flaps, so right? rich 
it's so rich and filled with treasure um it's so mm -hmm. cringy but yep. also and yet like still very funny mm -hmm. um in its own in its own like low-key way um just i i you you love to see an inept criminal be inept um but it's also horrifying just the level of delusion and deception and like craziness that uh this these uh that these main characters go through in case you're not aware the king of comedy is an uh is a film by martin scorsese from 1982 it stars robert de niro it was i believe their collaboration right after uh raging bull um and it, robert de niro plays uh rupert pupkin a wannabe stand-up comedian who's obsessed with uh, Johnny Carson, like tonight, uh, late night host played by Jerry Lewis and basically stalks him and tries to like get on his show to like fast track his comedy career as opposed to, you know, working in comedy clubs. Um, he's partnered by uh, a friend named Masha played by Sandra Bernhard, who is just like romantically obsessed with this late night host and they they try to plot to kidnap him if this sounds a little bit like joker yeah it's <laughs> joker was a pretty big riff quote rip off whatever you however generous you want to be of the king of comedy uh, but this one is uh funnier and makes you <laughs> feel a little bit better about yourself while also just it feeling still really weird and dark as a scorsese film could be it's definitely I, I loved its ambiguity. Like it does a really cool, some really cool tricks in the beginning where uh, De Niro's character is, imagines he's having these great, friendly, loving conversations with this, uh, with this late night host, but then cuts to that he's just in his house, uh, just imagining the whole thing. So from the moment you do wonder like, so how much of this is like, really happening and how much is in his head. <laughs> um, it's, it's very deliciously amb ambiguous there. So if you haven't seen The King of Comedy, Sam, you've seen The King of Comedy, right? I have seen The King of Comedy. It's a classic. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. It's it's so good. I, I love the dilute. I love your illusion to, you beat me to the punch about Joker. Oh yeah. Because God damn it, the, everything that the Joker does wrong and, and it, it, everything that fails, King of Comedy succeeds in every way. Like, yep. Like the delusional aspects, right out the way, right out the gate, just way better. Like, just this small thing of like he's on, he's like on the talk show, mm -hmm. and like just speeching, and then like you hear like his mom in the background, and it cuts to him in the basement, <laughs> like mm -hmm. screaming at his mom, like "Don't bother me!" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" That everything in that scene, so tells so much and like it's such a clear uh clear narrative as opposed mm -hmm. to J joker where we have no idea how we're supposed to feel about this man well there's also I, again so much more ambiguity to what uh what's happening in the rupert pumpkin story than in the yes. I've already forgotten the Joker's guy's name. Whatever that guy's Joker. story is, it's just—it's just either you'd call him Todd Phillips at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever going on with Toddy Phillips. Yeah, it's it's with Joker. You just kind of it was it was pretty clear that like um, we we're aiming to 
to be cringe, but also pity this guy. And mm-hmm. you kind of cringe and pity Rupert in King of Comedy, but you're also just like standing. It, it like has There's his a- arm back enough to be like, hold on, this guy has issues and you do not have to deal with them. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely like it had uh, Scorsese and Phillips uh, have two different styles, I'm to say. <laughs> I, I never watched any of those like director roundtable things that came out during the Oscars, but now I almost yeah. want to just for like the the hate watch of like what does Todd Phillips have to say about directing at a table with Martin Scorsese? What <laughs> could possibly what what could he bring to the table that Martin's that he obviously did not steal directly from this man? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna butcher the exact wording of this, but one of my favorite like joke tweets that came out of the the Oscars earlier this year was after uh, Pong Joon Ho won, and he said that really beautiful like sincere thing to Martin Scorsese, and everyone yeah. stood up and applauded. Uh, he then goes to um, Quentin like, Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino just say like thank you so much for your support because like he got. I believe the host, some American distribution uh, way back in the day. So just like, obviously like you're a a longtime friend and another like person I admire. And then, you know, he acknowledges the other directors, um, but it's much quicker. So like someone tweeted just like to Martin Scorsese, you're my hero to Quentin Tarantino. You're one of my closest friends and supporters. Todd Phillips and Sam Mendes. I understand you also make movies. that's giving short shrift to sam mendez a little bit a little bit that's true 1911 was quite an achievement uh 1917 yes did i say 11 i meant you said 1911 well (laughs) moving on i'm going to (laughs) i'm going to kill how the grinch stole christmas which is a which is a horrible thing to do because that special is delightful but in my head here's here's the rule i'm thinking if by killing this one retcons and gets rid of the Jim Carrey movie, the CGI movie, and that all that weird three-way sketch that involved the Grinch that was on SNL this past weekend, if killing that gets rid of those, then I think it'll be okay. <laughs> we can always read the books, you guys. We can. We always have the source material. We'll we'll be missing that song. That's that's the thing I feel most most bad about. Um, obviously, there's there's other great uh, there's other great Chuck Jones animation. Boris Karloff can still be in other things. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that that song's still good. You're a mean one, um, Mr. Grinch. Yeah. That's up there with a uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. A little bit slightly below Charlie Brown Christmas, but in terms of like your half hour before I was born created Christmas specials. That one, <laughs> those two, those two are neck and neck. <laughs> mm. So yeah, sorry, the Grinch. I'm gonna, I, I, what a real Grinch move on my part too, to, <laughs> to kill that. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's the ultimate Grinch move. I think before we go, Sam, is there any other film on my list that you want to ask me about or anything on your list that you want to talk about? I just want to hear you talk about, Andy, uh, what, what, uh, I have never seen the world of Cory and the Garp. <laughs> I, I don't know by your review if I ever will. Uh, it seems like, it seems like 
uh, overrated. And I've, it, never, I've never seen it. I still need to listen to uh, an episode of a podcast, I believe called The Cinephiliacs, that Adam Campanar was a guest on. Um, World According to Garp, uh, I had watched because, again, on the 80s shortlist, which I'm actually probably going to be holding off on trying to complete until the end of the year. For some reason, my thinking is like, my priorities are like, let's get more 2020 and 2019, 2020 adjacent films in before the end of the year. And then let's, uh, yeah, and the, and Christmas movies, of course. That's that's my MO for the next few days and the rest of 2020. That said, uh, I watched uh, World of Corner Garp at the big recommendation of Adam Kempinar, who, uh, you know, as if you listen to that show, it's a it's a very personal favorite film to him. I guess something he watched a lot in his youth and something that means a lot to him. And I don't want to take that away. Um, I don't know very good. It's it's <laughs> it's a lot. It's a movie about that's like essentially an tries to get to an entire life story of a fictional character named T.S. Garp. It's based on a Washington Irving novel. So I don't know how much is this, this is, I'm criticizing just the novel or just the way this film is, but yeah, it's just a, it's, I can't know what to say other than it's a lot. It's about, uh, he's uh, someone who's born to a, a fiercely feminist nurse mother played by Glenn Close um this kid then grows up to be played by robin williams does robin williams convincingly play someone as an adolescent in high school and early college not really um <laughs> it still looks weird that it's like he's way too old to be he proved it with jack what do you mean like jack is a classic well, he started with this and then later perfected it with jack i'm sure you're right, um, you're right. it's just and it's 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 a movie about like how he is an aspiring writer and trying to or or not uh, it shows the varying degrees of success he has as a writer compared to his mother who also writes a book and becomes kind of a feminist cultural icon. Hmm. Um, it's about his marriage um, to his high school sweetheart. It's about their family. It's about all the ups and downs in their life and. There's just so much incident happening. There's a lot of interesting individual moments that I certainly enjoyed. I made reference to a, uh, uh, a bedroom pregnancy announcement scene that reminded me of It's a Wonderful Life that I thought was very sweet. What do <laughs> I mean is like, there's a scene where, the, where uh, Garp and his wife are in bed and when she breaks the news that she's expecting their first kid, it's very cleverly written and very, you know, it warms the heart. Um, Glenn Close, of course, is really is really something <laughs> in this movie. So if you want to fan fan out over Glenn Close, this is one of her earliest earliest uh, earliest roles um, mm -hmm. on screen. By all means, go knock yourself out. Just by the end of it, as I don't want to spoil exactly what happens because that would be rude. But by the end of like the <laughs> third or fourth, like kind of like denouement where I thought, oh, this is how this ends. <laughs> it's like, I, I just at the end, I was like, this was exhausting. <laughs> um, I, I would be interested to maybe see it again with more open eyes. Maybe again, I want to listen to like Adam's uh, take on it and kind of what moves him about it. Cause then I'm sure that'll be in my head and I'll probably be able to like see it more that way and probably appreciate it strong, more stronger. But yeah, first impression, I was just like, Hmm. 
Well, every, everyone has their personal favorite. I mean, I have movies I know I love are flawed, but are also weird and flawed and don't entirely make sense. It's like true. It's 24 true. hour party people. That's a- look, I, I have turning, I have teenage mean Ninja, Ninja Turtles too. Like yeah. Secret of the Ooze. That's yeah. that movie's, that movie's narrative is, uh, is not solid at best, uh, <laughs> but it, it warms the heart. And uh, go ninjas, go ninjas, go is always a classic <laughs> in the Lounsbury household. Yeah. Hey, let me before we go. There's a couple movies you also watched this week. There's a few movies we you've watched that I've seen. Um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip past the the whole uh, Christmas movie things. Is there a Christmas Thank movie? You. I was gonna say like, is there a Christmas movie you didn't give a half star to? But then Christmas <laughs> Evil showed up. So I'm glad I know you. I'm glad I know what your priorities are. Um, but well, that, that, I mean, that could be answered quickly and very easily. There's something that could be said about uh, a movie that is trying and a movie that isn't. And mm. a, a Christmas Evil is trying <laughs> at least something. Uh, the other one half, the other half star movies are extras that stole a camera uh, <laughs> and have managed to make a multi billion dollar industry out of it <laughs> fuck well, you power brain <laughs> listen i to go back to your question uh you you can't you can't deny that the world according to garp is trying so <laughs> give, oh good yeah give, give it a listen it, give it a watch it, it is definitely trying something um but shot. yeah you've seen a couple movies that i've also seen um she dies tomorrow i think we had the same rating uh for uh but i want to ask you uh how many, uh, how about all the bops in American Utopia? Oh, so Andy, many bops. Those, those bops are great. Uh, those bops though, kind of, kind of spread around, uh, uh-huh. are, are, are remixed and re-spread around. I, I found David Burns, American Utopia. Uh, I feel like Spike Lee is a good director. And I, I'm sorry. I know that's a terrible way to say this review. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Uh, but he's a very good director. I think though there is a, a sense of patience that Jonathan Demi had. And I know with Stop Making Sense that made me enjoy the actual show that was happening. Yeah. And I know it seems unfair to compare the two because they are two different directors and two different... And one Jonathan Demi is dead and can't speak for himself. Yeah. Uh, but different, different styles entirely. Different too. styles entirely. But I think though that there there seems to be a lot more uh editing and over over direction in american utopia hmm. i feel like it, it kind of clouds the story that david burns is trying to tell uh i though i do enjoy the music and the I, the things that spike lee brought to the table were very were very were very impressive uh totally I do though. There I'm just is a bit. To that part. <laughs> Where you're yeah. Just, like, totally. Oh, the, here's a compliment part. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. He's a very. No, I want to say this right now. Spike Lee's doing a great job. He's doing a sure. great job, killing it. Um, but <laughs> you're killing uh, Spike Lee. <laughs> not, not. You're not giving me again to say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, American Utopia. I just feel like it. It. The film. I didn't know what. Exactly. By the end of it, I wasn't sure what David Byrne was trying to get at. Hmm. And, uh, but, but the joy 
of watching it was good. It, it is. Oh, it it does over. It does overstay its welcome a little bit. It's maybe oh, a tad too long for me. Um, maybe I agree I'm, to disagree. I mean, I've only watched it the once, and I definitely enjoyed it that first time, but. I don't know. Like, what would you, well, I was going to say, what would you cut? And I, in my head, I was like, I know I'd probably cut a couple. There's, there, there's like there are a couple. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Just the one or two numbers. And I know like, Oh, this was in stop making sense. And you know, it's kind of like hard. I, I felt unfair. Like it's kind of hard to like really be like, Oh, I love this song. Like, but it was better in stop making sense. Um, it, I mean, it, it does ride the line of being a reunion concert after a while. Or like David Burns is like kind of at the end, like he just kind of like brings out stuff that mm-hmm. the audience, the, you know, the audience is going to react and really love. I, I, mm. I, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little too critical on it. Um, well, but, only, only God can judge. I mean, yes. <laughs> but Andy, there is one thing that I was wondering how you felt about this. Yeah. There was three times this happened. And I was curious of like what you thought when you saw this, there's a moment and like there's every time they like where the band and like David Burns like playing mm-hmm. and then stop for a hot second freeze and then the audience doesn't know how to react so they clap and then they start playing again <laughs> that happens three times in this film and I was like okay one you like one it's a, the the audience wasn't ready they didn't know how wet the second time I was like okay that they, they feel like the same on the audience that time. That's, that's their fault. The third time I was literally like, what are you trying to say with this? Like, what are, like <laughs> are you trying to like, Hey, don't fucking clap. Uh, like, I was so lost about the, it's a choice. I just wasn't sure what that choice was purposely saying in the film or what it was purposely <laughs> saying in the concert. I was so, I, that was one thing I was just like, Lee, what are you doing? <laughs> like, David Byrne, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, I didn't realize I would. Yeah. Um... It just threw me off every time it happened. It was so weird. <laughs> that is really funny. And I, 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 oh, man. I, I, I love that. Yeah. I kind of wonder, <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like, I know there's been those instances too where, like, you're at a band, you're at a concert. Um, and so there's someone's playing the song and then the song has the quiet dip in the middle. Yeah. Um, but then people are like, woo, it's like, no, it's not over. This is the dip. But then yeah, they, exactly. But then they like, you know, I know they do it during a, a, a naive melody. And it's like, and you'll love me till my heart stops. Stop. And then just let people audience cheer while they're frozen. And it's like, they're clearly not done. Um, but I guess they're just, <laughs> You know what? You know what, Sam? I'm gonna defend this. They just want to hear that applause, and and they're and they're right to hear that applause. They've earned that applause. They're professional musicians, and David Byrne has heard that applause for the last 20 years. God damn it! And you know it. And he wants to hear it again. He's heard it a thousand times, and then like almost better. It stopped making sense. Man. Yeah, Sorry, gonna, I know it's a hot take, but also we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that take. I mean, we can we agree on one thing though? Is it not? It's not a documentary, right? I I was thinking about this because you texted this to me and I laughed, thinking like, "Oh, Sam," but now I thought like, 
But isn't it? Like, what, it, what would you call it? A concert film. It's a fucking concert film. Isn't a concert film a documentary? I don't know. Do, do you call... Uh, I understand that. Okay. I understand that with... You're bringing in uh, stories of the artist's life and you're interspacing mm-hmm. that with a concert film. Yep. But... I understand that it would be considered as a documentary, but like, in that case then, Andy, we have to consider Hamilton a documentary. We might have to consider Hamilton a documentary. You're right. Because it's a document. No, that's not fair. Why is that not fair? That's not how, that's not how film works. That's not how cinema works. Am I going uh, crazy? We might be. This might be a good cue to end and we can like explode our brains later. Andy, the uh, audience is going to be confused. What's going to happen? <laughs> We don't have that big of an audience. I think they'll handle themselves. That's fair. <laughs> uh, on that note, th- Sam, thanks for taking the time to chat with me over Zoom about movies. And of course, the screen froze right at this moment. So, um, Andy, you froze up. I can't. You are. Oh, Sam is freezing up too. I'm taking screenshots of what Sam's face looks like during these moments so I can send them to him later. Hey, um, what's up? Oh, cool. not much. Just closing up the show. Anyway, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> I, I disappeared in the netherworld. Thank you for uh, listening to Film Mary Kill. Please like and subscribe and rate and review and all that good stuff. Uh, thank fi- you. Yeah, find us online. I'm on Letterboxd. My screen handle is Kinetic Android. Uh, but email me at filmmarykill at protonmail.com and follow me on Twitter at filmmarykill. Thank you. Uh, Andy, uh, Can I? I, I have two plugs after my regular plugs. Can By I all those? means, plug away. That's I'll plug away. Andy, uh, my, you could find me at Sam Lounsbury on Twitter, uh, at Sam underscore Lounsbury on Letterboxd. Uh, but also you could find me on other podcasts uh, and other podcasts? sketch shows. Uh, I'm on the Quarantine Christmas Show, Quarantine Christmas Trivia Show. Okay. Uh, let me make sure I have, thank you so much. (laughs) Thomas, uh, what is the quarantine? Can you tell me the exact name of it? Yeah. Uh, quarantine, the quiz show. Quarantine, the quiz show. I am in a sketch in that, uh, and it's at eight o'clock, uh, 8 PM, uh, on Tuesday. If you haven't catch that, you could always catch it on Facebook live. Uh, I'm also on the, I also wrote for, uh, podcast AM 1066. It's okay. a sketch. It's a sketch show. Uh, it's their Christmas episode. It should be on the your podcasting app. Okay, you can listen to that. It's very fun. Uh, I'm very proud of the work I did there. And uh, yeah, other than that, thank you so much for uh, another great uh, weekend movie watching, Andy. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's end 2020 strong and let's go. Let's all go listen to Sam's sketches and scam on quiz show. Scam. Sam and Ox quiz show. <laughs> We gotta go. This this nog is getting to me. See you next time oh, no. on Film, Film Mary Kill. Kill.